With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Basketball season won't be around forever. Life is fleeting, nothing lasts. So get in on all the action now with DraftKings. The leader in one-day fantasy sports, DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using promo code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Are you feeling sweaty right now, Taylor? Oh, man, I'm sweaty as hell. Oh, man. Well, every dunk, steal, assist, they all mean so much more with DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, Taylor, you're a, you're one of those. You actually were just uh, watching the Yankees this past weekend. They uh, won. You, they did indeed, and you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all of the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? So what do you got to do? You got to download the DraftKings app now. Use the code THPN, like we said. Use that during sign-up. And this week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. I've already said that, so you should know that. That's a lot, of, T- a lot of dough. Oh, yeah. THPN, free shot, millions of dollars in prizes. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions, they apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, today's episode is dedicated to a very special man who holds a dear place in all of our hearts and of all Sabres fans. We are strictly talking about Mr. Ryan Miller. Oh, Ryan Miller. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're doing the Cody Eakin episode next week. Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. Of Ryan Miller uh, announced his retirement this past week after an incredibly long NHL career. He's 40 years old now. He's been in the league, well, debuted in 2002, so that's quite a while ago. He's been pretty much full-time since 05. And, uh, you know, he's pretty important to some Sabres fans. Mm, indeed. I would say that's probably putting it lightly. Yeah. He, uh, he is, I mean, for... Anybody who was born in the 90s, he is the goalie that we grew up with. You know, we caught the tail end of the Hashik era. Like you and I were both born and, you know, I was 94, you were 93. So we caught the tail end of Hashik. And, you know, that was when he had left was around the time that I think that we, you know, people our age were really starting to like get into hockey and kind of like understand it at that young of an age. Yeah. Um, To the extent of being like a legitimate fan, I guess. So... Miller comes onto the scene and, you know, really, I think when he comes out of Michigan state, of course, he's a Hobie Baker winner. He is very highly touted. You know, he was the goalie of the future pretty much from the start um, from, you know, that time when he made his debut, everybody had very, very high hopes for him. 
and he lived up to those expectations and then some you know oh, of course yeah. he just came short of, of winning a cup with the sabers and mainly 0506 but also 0607 as well um a career that again has spanned almost two whole decades and has seen him winning a vesna most valuable player at the olympics multiple conference finals appearances, tons of playoff appearances, but he was never able to get the job done and win a cup for any of the teams that he ended up playing for after the Sabres either, which is really unfortunate because I think if you look back, if there's anybody from the 05 to 07 Sabres who I really thought deserved to win a Stanley Cup, it was Ryan Miller. Absolutely. Yeah, he has an interesting career. So he basically played high-level hockey in four decades because he was a college player in the late 90s. He got off to kind of a false start with the Sabres, like in 0203. When I say he debut, debuted in 02, I think it was actually after uh, January 1st. So it was probably actually 2003. Nice little finish to that season. That's when Baran and Norrin were the goalies. And then the next year, I think he started the year and he struggled and he went back down. And then the following year was the, the season long lockout. So he was in Rochester mm-hmm. with a very good Rochester team at the time with Pominville and Vanek and Roy and Gostad. And really, really honed his game. And, you know, by he got hurt early in 05-06. But by the midpoint of that season, he earned the job, full-time starter. And he was he was awesome. But he really did his best work after that. Even though I would, he's, he's very good from 05 to 07. And he endeared himself to Sabres fans a lot. Uh, I'm sure people remember the, the Matt Man uh, on his helmet mm-hmm. for his cousin, who unfortunately ended up dying of cancer. Uh, I think that was another way he was uh, endeared. And then... A couple years after that, when he won a division for us, pretty much single-handedly, that was that's the year that people are going to remember from Ryan Miller, not just because of the Sabers, where he posted, I think, like almost a 9:30 save percentage, uh, won the Northeast Division with a not very good Sabers team, but then that was also the Olympics in the middle of that season, where he almost dragged America to a gold medal, very nearly did, mm-hmm. beat Canada, and then obviously lost in overtime. Sidney Crosby, golden goal. That's Still tough. an accomplishment to walk away with a silver medal, though, especially against that team Canada, because yeah. in reality, looking back, I mean, pound for pound, you compare those rosters and it it's wasn't even close. close. Jack Johnson was on Team USA. Yeah, yeah. That says a lot. I think their leading scorer was Jamie Langenbrunner mm-hmm. or maybe Rafalski. Anyway, uh, it was not a very good team, and it was so close to winning the way that actually Hashik one gold with uh check back in 98 it's mm-hmm. kind of similar is that that was an incredible season for Hashik too and he was incredible in the playoffs that year unfortunately the sabers were not able to get by boston who also had a tremendous goalie at that time and they, they still do it was too grasp mm-hmm. that was in between the tim thomas seasons when he briefly stole his job still wild that that happens but anyway and miller i would say to me his second most impressive season as a saber this might be a hot take is 2013 14. Mm-hmm. That's he not had a hot take a at all. 923 save percentage for one of the worst teams I ever put together. The first defensive pair was Christian Erhoff with Alex Salzer. There was Yikes. that team was garbage. Yeah. And he pretty much held things together throughout the middle of the season. That team won a decent amount of games, actually. I believe they started two and 15 and ended two and 17. So they were okay in the middle there. And that was because of him. <laughs> no it's one the, else dude. literally no one else their leading score is tyler ennis or no it was uh the leading goal score was tyler ennis their leading point guy was cody hodgson billy leno didn't score any goals the entire season they traded vanek <laughs> they traded steve ott mm-hmm. with miller and then obviously everyone knew that was the last year of his contract he was going to get traded his career from there is you know it's not as spectacular 
No, but. definitely not. A pretty underwhelming too, especially when you consider the St. Louis team that he got traded to. I mean, everybody had thought when that trade happened that St. Louis, it was like a foregone conclusion almost that they were going to win the cup because at that point, St. Louis was that one of those teams that was just continuously on the doorstep. They would get into the playoffs, but would always falter. Honestly, pretty similar to how Washington was. And then they were able to get the monkey off their back similarly as well. But I agree with you. I mean, the 13-14 season for Miller, he had the second best save percentage season of his career yep. that season. He had a 924 save percentage with that team that was yep. just garbage Piss poor yeah so bad a lot of matt d'agostini on the power play Oof. is that Oof. in kanavka hate that linus omar yep i was just about to say him shootout specialist <laughs> face-off specialist yeah he was awful there was there's such a bad team and he really stepped up and obviously it didn't matter really they were still the worst team by a mile but i think there was kind of a symbolic thing at the end of that season where the entire year, they even though with how bad they were, they only used two goalies all year. They only used Miller and Enroth. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Miller gets traded, Enroth gets hurt. And they have, they've obviously brought in Michael Neuverth, briefly brought in Halak. I've, he never played, obviously. Neuverth gets hurt. They bring up Nathan Lewin, Matt Hackett. They both get hurt. Connor Knapp and Andre Makarov are finishing the season. It just That was very symbolic of the instability and in goal after he left. And I, it's, it's been a problem. I, I, obviously, still, the yeah. next season, they purposely, you know, had bad goaltending. They traded Enroth and Neuverth. And they've had some decent goaltending since. Like, Leonard was decent for – he only played, like, 20 games in his first season. But Chad Johnson was pretty good that year. And then Leonard had a full season in 16-17 where he was good, solid. And then the bottom fell out with him. Everyone knows what happened to him. And Carter Hutton's terrible. And Linus Olmark is always hurt. And UPL probably doesn't look he's really ready yet. So – this has been more than five years now where you don't feel great about the goaltending. And that that's obviously strange feeling for Sabres fans. Cause you know, we've had good goaltending Crozier to Don Edwards, to Barrasso, to Pupa, to Fur, Fuhr, to Hashik, to Baran and Norn and to Miller. And that's gone now. And that's not all that's gone with Miller. Uh, Miller, this has been pointed a lot recently was actually a good leader. Probably should have been the captain. I don't know if great leader. Wasn't Luongo in Vancouver one year? And then there was like a whole thing about that. It's anyway. a weird hockey um, culture thing. Whatever. He was the, the leader, though, especially after Breer and Jury left. He was uh, held guys accountable. So I was just listening to the Tank Cast, just put on by the Goose's Roost. Great, great podcast to uh, remember the last decade of Sabres hockey. And they were talking about in 2013-14, Coletta had one of his many long suspensions. And when he's coming off of it, or sorry, this is 2012-13, the year prior, the lockout season. Rolston didn't play him right away. He had to sit. He was in the box, and Coletta was just kind of like, I don't get it. Like, to the media, was kind of mad. It's kind of a weird – I forgot about this. It's a weird, audacious thing for a guy like Coletta to do. Like, mm-hmm. you're not that good. <laughs> but – so he didn't sit, and then Miller he was asked about it. He's like, oh, he said that? Well, he shouldn't have said that. I'm going to talk to him. And then it wasn't a problem anymore. I think – with all the talent, they uh, the lack of talent, I should say, the Sabres have had and the bad moves and bad coaching, they have also been missing that that kind of guy in the locker room. Mm-hmm. That's who he was. And he obviously uh, meant a lot to the community, I would say. Yeah, he really embodied everything that you would want out of a star player. You know, the production was there with the Sabres. I mean, the real, you know, meat of his career. He had seven straight 31 seasons for them. So the talent's there. Again, we know the playoff appearances and runs. 
you know, the Olympics, the MVP at the Olympics, then, you know, so you have that side of it covered. On top of that, as you had said before, you have leadership in the locker room. He was never afraid to speak his mind. He was never afraid to be very, very transparent with the media, whether it was talking about guys on his own team, guys on other teams. I mean, I think, you know, he's forever goaded in Sabres history because of the Lucic comments yes. too. Uh, Which he stuck around for specifically. Mm-hmm. Like he had a concussion. He said, I didn't want to stay and talk, but I wanted to make sure that you guys all heard this and yeah. fucking let it rip. I just want to say what a piece of shit I think he is. Uh, you know what? I'll it was amazing. That. I Absolutely. think he's a huge piece of shit. He is. He was very, very in line to say that. But so you have the leadership side of it. And then you have, as you just kind of alluded to before, the attachment to the community. I mean, he was so involved and even still to this day involved in the community you know he constantly would have events like yearly events that he would put on that would raise money for different local organizations and his own organization too that he would thereby use to give back to the community and even up until last year during the pandemic he again I believe it was he held two different fundraisers to help you know aid people who were suffering from the pandemic I mean he was a part of the community he just felt like it was just the stability that you wanted to have in a player. Like he was the rock of not even just the team year to year, but of the entire organization. Like he was the constant that no matter, you know, all else could fail. Like Miller was always there and he was always somebody that you could look to and always, you know, no matter who you were playing against, he was, it wasn't out of reach for him to be able to steal a game, you know? And I think that everybody just, formed just such a, a deep connection with him and bond with him, you know, just in yeah. terms of like our fanhood, you know, I mean, he's, he's the goalie of our, of our youth, you know, and I'm damn proud to call him that I'm, I will forever look back at him and his Sabres career with nothing but the best possible things to say. And as a segue that I think we wanted to get into also, I think that it 100% should happen next year that his jersey should get retired yeah yeah as soon as possible it there's an interesting topic on twitter i think people are mostly in favor of it Mm -hmm. it seems uh of retiring his number because normally if there's a guy that's even a little bit questionable you'd say well maybe he's in the sabers hall of fame which doesn't seem to be a thing anymore for some reason strange no one's been inducted in 10 years uh but so obviously they should bring back the sabers hall of fame and induct him Along with some other guys, him and Lindy team. together would be cool. Yeah, honestly, you could even probably do Briere too, even though he wasn't here for that long. Like he was only here for. Well, I was thinking Vanek and Pomeville should be them the too. Yeah, fame, right? oh yeah. I, I mean, mean it's, I'm, it's honestly, all of those fame. guys should too. Absolutely, they should. Yeah, it's some some on like it, it, the, the Bills have their their wall of fame, and it's like you don't have to get your number retired to be on. I think they've only retired like three numbers, mm-hmm. or maybe. Because I think they obviously unretired one of those, but we should bring that guy up. Uh, so that's that's basically the equivalent of the Sabres Hall of Fame is. But as far as jersey retirement, I kind of think, yeah. And I think you could maybe say maybe he isn't quite there on performance. That's fine. But there's more, like the, we just alluded to. His leadership, what he meant to some of the best teams they've had, the team that broke the wins record for the, for the franchise. And – what he meant to the community, which we, which, like we just talked about, like that's very important. One story I saw tweeted out by, I don't know if I can say his real name, but it's Dear God of YS Sports Twitter account. It's like, now it's like, it's like Antoine Winfield Mural on Falls Road, what the display name? I don't mm. know. Anyway, they were changing their display name. Uh, 
so anyway, he tweeted out that, you know, he was in his early 20s in the mid 2000s and he had come home from New York to see his dad. His dad was a photographer doing a gallery on Elmwood. And his dad introduces him to Ryan Miller. He's like, this is my friend, Ryan. Wow. And he's like, oh my God, Ryan Miller, what are you doing here? And his dad had no idea really. Not who oh Ryan was. Like, oh, he's like, oh, you know, he plays hockey, I guess, or something like that. And he came, he just met him at the store talking about uh, photographs and stuff. And Ryan Miller was also interested in that. And he invited him and he actually came. Are you kidding me? That, wow. You know, kind of a kind of guy I was. I have my own Ryan Miller story. Do you know that? Go ahead. So me. in like 06 or 07, obviously the Sabres are very good. I was at the Hamburg Wegmans on McKinley. I see this guy, kind of thin guy, long black hair, got a little bit of a, not a beard, but you know, yeah. a little bit of fuzz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he's got like a, an artisty. Uh, you know, the kind of kind of guy wearing those little hats, wearing winter hats indoors, although it was winter. Maybe it was just that. Uh, but he, I go up to this guy and I was like, hey, man. And I, 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 by the way, I'm like 14 at the time. I say, are you Ryan Miller? And he says, no, it wasn't Ryan Miller. Oh, <laughs> it was just some guy. <laughs> he probably got it a lot, though. He looked just like him. Wow. Wow. Yeah, in hindsight, he wasn't tall enough to be Ryan Miller. Mm. But uh, yeah, so he, he really meant a lot. So back to back to the issue at hand here. Yes, I think you should have his jersey retired. And one of the big pushbacks is like the Sabres for a team that's been around 50 years and has won nothing. They have too many jerseys retired. And that is correct. Yes. If you're just going by performance, the only guys who should have their jersey retired are Hashik and Perot, the best goalie ever and a 500 goal scorer, 1300 point guy. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I get the French connection that meant a lot to people. And this is kind of along the similar lines that, that Miller's on. I'm not sure if you had to retire those numbers though. Like, it's fine to just honor people without retiring the number, but whatever. I mean, there's 100 numbers, so. Mm-hmm. Obviously, 99 is retired everywhere. Not really relevant here. But then LaFontaine and Gare and Horton, frankly. They retired Tim Horton's number. I'm not sure they should have done that, but that does happen sometimes when someone dies on the team. And he was very important to that first Sabre team that made the playoffs in 73. So, again, fine. Garrett and LaFontaine should not have their numbers retired. I think Garrett is more of a clear cut case than LaFontaine. I think you can, can, I could be convinced that LaFontaine or can get behind an argument that he should have his number retired. I think Garrett's clear cut. He was just a really good goal scorer. Garrett? Yeah. Garrett, that's it. You know, LaFontaine, I think, is different. I think with him, there's a, for one, I mean, I think he was way more dominant than gare was in terms of like what his peak was as a saber i mean he holds the, the franchise record for most points in a season for them and i think also too you have the leadership side of it and also just like the community attachment as well with la fontaine that i think you could also say that maybe yeah, gare has some of that too but i think that the production brings it to a different level i don't know i also just like pat la fontaine and i have a soft spot for him so hey like, who doesn't whatever. Tim Murray, but, I guess. I guess so. But Gare, Horton, I completely agree. The French connection, I feel very similar to you where they probably shouldn't, but because there's like this aura about them, you know, the 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 mystic nature of like the magic of the French connection. And it was they were the first good players in Sabres history. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. Made, made people care about hockey around here. Oh, so yeah. That, especially Perot. I'll say this with LaFontaine, though. So he had maybe the – you could say it's one of the – three best maybe the best non-hashic season in franchise history mm-hmm. he also only played 268 games no, i know i know it's he was here for six years three of those years he really didn't play three of those years he was incredible one of those years in particular but he that that's really not a lot of games i know 
it's tough. And he, it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. He had concussion problems. It's, it's a terrible thing to happen, but man, that's really, really not a lot of games. Gare, I think we've talked about Gare. We talked about Gare last year. So he had 250 goal seasons and he was a Sabre for not even 10 years. I don't think mm-hmm. got traded to Detroit. Very good. Again, a guy that was on the teams that made people like hockey around here. Here's the counterpoint. He has 500 points as a Sabre. That's not yeah. a lot. Dave Anderchuk has 800. Mm-hmm. I know Anderchuk played throughout the 80s, which were very high scoring, but Garibald in the 70s, like the late 70s were also pretty high scoring, not to the extent the 80s were, but it's different. I would compare it to this, not just Anderchuk, but Gary had two 50-goal seasons in the mid to late 70s. Is that that different than Vanek having 40 goal seasons in the in the late 20, the late aughts, early 2010s? Is it really that different? 40, 40 at that point, 50 at that point? I mean, Hockey Reference has a, a stack called adjusted goals that adjust mm-hmm. for era. I could have just looked that up. I guess I didn't. But is it that different? Is he that? Is Danny Gare have that much of a better case than Thomas Vanek? And Vanek will never get his number retired, and he shouldn't. Mm-mm. But I, I think – is there something we're missing with Gare, maybe? Well, like no, in, in I mean, terms of what he means I don't to think so at all. And I think, too, I think what also helps Miller's case is that beyond his standing within the franchise itself, again, he is one of 30 goaltenders all time to have more than 300 wins. He's the winningest American-born goaltender in NHL history. So yeah. it, it, he was like – specifically dominant for his position and there was that run really from you know 0506 up pretty much his entire tenure with the Sabres up until maybe a bit towards the end he was confidently a top five goalie in the NHL I think you could probably say maybe top 10 would be a little bit of a safer bet he was but, yeah goalies are that's not they're not like the same year to year well no I know that but that's what I mean is like for that kind of era of goalie yeah you know, his was, only really down season was 0708 which right had like his aforementioned we talked cousin. about this yeah yeah and yeah. he played 76 games because lindy was insane and then mm-hmm. trade for a backup goalie yeah that was that was the only tough season there he also to that like that 2010 season that's a great season like when we were talking the best seasons for your sabers that combined with the olympics that's got to be up there with oh my god yeah. best seasons too i know he only really did it once but he he was really that year he was incredible and i think he he gained a lot of name recognition. He was probably more famous that year than any saver will ever be in America. That mm-hmm. is the people knew who he was just regular sports fans. And he got like, people brought this up recently too. He got standing ovations after the Olympics and road arenas, right. visiting arenas. That, that's crazy. You don't see that a lot. You don't see a lot of sabers getting respected by opposing fans. And obviously most famous uh, had Charlie Sheen tweet at about or tweet about him one yep. time. His friend, Ryan Miller, quote unquote. Yeah, right. Yeah. Crazy stuff. So just to go back through to Miller, I think to just kind of further cement his standing with why he really does deserve to have his number retired also. He is the franchise leader in minutes, games played, wins, or games played for a goal, I should say, wins, uh, shots against, saves. I mean, he, you have everything, uh, like all the makings for that, I think. Him being in the Sabres Hall of Fame is a slam dunk as it is, but I think even even still, I know that with oh, the Sabres, is, is it a slam dunk though? Are they ever going to do that? Well, again? I'm I'm saying he should be. Yeah. What I'm getting at though is that I understand people have concerns about the Sabres having too many numbers retired, but that in no way 
should prevent Ryan Miller from joining that list. Yeah, he absolutely deserves it. It's too late now. You can't. Absolutely. It'd be rude if you unretired any numbers. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do that. Right. But like at this point, only only deserving guys. I mean, no one's getting it for the next twenty years, right? Who's getting their number retired? Cody Eakin? Nobody. I mean, no. You're right. You're right. Well, I would say then, let me ask you this, along with Miller and Lindy, and I know we mentioned a couple names before, whenever the next round of Sabres Hall of Fame inductees have, like occurs, who do you think should go in with, with those two? I have to look at who the, the most recent ones were. I'm going to look this up real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanek, Pominville, for sure. I don't know about Roy. I think there's guys like Campbell, Drury, and Briere that just weren't here long enough to really, I, I think, qualify. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I would probably put them there though, like just because of their standing on one of the four best teams in franchise history. Yeah, let's see here. Is this is this the right list? Sabres Hall of Fame inductees. Hmm. That's, that's okay. I'm trying to think, who was the most recent one? Wasn't it? Um... Well, this, Mogilny, is, right? this is written in 08, so I don't know if this was the most recent Oh, okay. Yeah, hold on. Well, I mean, I think that those names are really the most obvious ones as we talked about. I, I think, you know, due to tenure, Vanek and Pominville definitely makes sense. Probably, or actually, I don't know, maybe at the same time, I guess, as, as Lindy and Miller, but I think that those two belong like together to go in at the same time it just makes too much sense they're just so intertwined and interconnected with each other that it'd be amazing and i think that it would just be such a great show of goodwill towards the fans i mean who would not want to be at that game that would sell out in a minute absolutely also i'm looking at this right now it says that bob swatos was a a long time uh, member of the hall of fame committee and he died in 2012 the Sabres just haven't done a hall of fame class since then I mean, that's just lazy. I can't even find a list online of who's on it. Oh, Yard Barker had a quiz. <laughs> when is this from? No, I can't. No, that's, but, ho- that's a hockey all fame. Never mind. I'm not going to look this up. Yeah. So fair. to answer your question, pretty much the guys I said, I think that's it. I was just trying to see if there's anyone else who's not in that I would be aware of. Like, is Shatan in? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think so. That's probably, probably not. Pekka? Pekka should I know he left on not amicable terms, but that was two ownership groups ago. So. And he also, unlike Pat LaFontaine, is back involved with the team and with the facilities more. Yes. I see him around Harbor Center frequently. Well, did like pre-pandemic. He I also think. was a fantastic actor. He was? Yeah. Hmm. You want to elaborate on that anymore he for was, anyone listening who may not know? He was in a Tops commercial with his wife. I think maybe, I don't know if it was his wife, maybe it was an actress. Those glasses, right? It was probably his wife. Was he rocking glasses and like yep. a, a nice sweater? It was no, it was a, it was a Sabres jersey without oh, the goat head. Okay, on it. yeah, yeah. It was just a blank Sabres jersey, mm-hmm. and he, his wife was like, "Come on, Pat," or something like something weird, and he's like, "Okay," and he shoot shot a tuna can into the cart with a with a hockey stick. It was very, very clever. This is a this is a Tops commercial podcast now. Oh yeah, we're absolutely. only talking about Tops commercials from here on out. All right, what's my favorite Tops commercial? I don't remember any other ones. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, well, moving on. <laughs> that was that was short-lived. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, back to Ryan Miller, though. I mean, any other thoughts you want to share on him before Did we you get see to a quiz? Last night, uh, the Kings played the Ducks and Miller played. It may or may not be his last game. Who knows? Last home game. 
Yeah, and he the all the kings came out and like shook his hand after the game. Yeah. It's a very respected guy across the league. Very much so. Yeah, should we I mean I think it's it's kind of interesting that so he we, everyone knows how Sabres fans feel about him. I imagine Ducks fans probably feel pretty good about him. Canucks, he made the playoffs with the Canucks, mm-hmm. so they should like him. Blues fans do not like him. No, I, think. I don't think so either. And it's okay. We're all allowed to have wrong opinions. I mean, I understand. I guess for their sake, it's probably warranted a little bit considering what they thought they were getting when they got him. But they thought we were just going to hand them a Stanley Cup in a trade. And I said, buddy, that's not for a few more years. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Give it four years. We need it. We gave them the gift of perseverance. You know, they had to hang on and wait until it was their turn officially. I don't know when our turn is going to be, but at least we helped give somebody else. Someone had us a standard. I would love that. What what has to happen? Well, you know what? Maybe St. Louis is going to return the favor because, you know, that trade didn't work out for them necessarily. The ROR trade definitely worked out for them and did not work out for us. So maybe. Oh, I need to see a little bit more from Paige Thompson before I Oh, right. Of course. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a late career comeback for Vlad Sabatka if he's not in a ditch somewhere, whatever the hell he's doing with himself. He's probably still alive, I imagine. I would think so. Or Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, future Hall of Famer. Yeah. He wrote Maybe he'll be in the- I mean, that's really impressive. He's a really multi-talented guy. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, of course, too. He's on Twitter a little bit for, you know, for my taste. It's a little bit too much. Maybe focus on hockey mm-hmm. a little bit more, not tweeting all the time. I agree. Well, are you ready for a quiz? Ready as I'll ever be. Wow. Love to hear that. Well, as I had said before, one of the main reasons why Ryan Miller, I believe, not only deserves to have his number tired and be in the Sabres Hall of Fame, but also even potentially be in the Hockey Hall of Fame is because he is the winningest American-born goaltender in NHL history. Taylor, what I want you to do is tell me the next 14 after him to round out the top 15 American-born goalies. So I will give you 14 guesses that you'll be able to choose from. Um, I will give you hints. I think that off the bat, we won't have to go in order because I want you to just be able to go through and guess. Okay. So you could probably knock some guys off the list and I'll tell you where their standing is. But I will tell you there are on this list. I think technically four active goalies. Oh, wow. Okay. And then there's a couple of guys who are like very, very, very recent too. Who are okay. Maybe are just out of the league now. Well, so I think Miller broke Tom Barrasso's record. Tom Barrasso is number three, as a matter of fact, with 369 wins. Wow. Mm -hmm. A lot of wins. Okay. Well, quick. That is correct. He is number four with 335 wins. Wow. Who's two? Huh? All right. Let's see. Trying to think who played for Team USA. So this is kind of a long shot considering his team sucks but john gibson on this list already he is very close he's actually number 17 on this list oh wow he is so he is not one of the active players is jimmy howard on this list jimmy howard is that's a great guess there taylor he has 246 wins which puts puts him at number eight is mike richter number two mike richter is actually number five on this list with 301 wins very surprising names on here that number six specifically is you're going to be shocked that this guy is this high well so number two is you well i'll wait let me know yeah. you want hints and so, i can start giving them to you i don't know if this guy was around long enough to qualify but Corey schneider Corey schneider is number 13 on this list yes 170 wow okay 
Oh, let's see here. Would Hellebuck be on there yet? Counter Hellebuck is number 15 on the list. Yes, that is your uh, that's your last guess there with 169. Last guess being he's number 15. Mm-hmm. 169 wins. Okay. Crushing it so far. Yeah, let's see. Hmm. Trying to think of who uh so Hellebuck is Hellebuck and Gibson. You have our prob the probable. You have two more um active players two active guys wow yeah. huh. okay well let me see let me, let me go through the the mental list here so right now you have to still get two uh six seven nine ten eleven twelve and fourteen wow i thought i had more than that oh well so there's guys you know it's look, looking back at the uh the team usa thing the 06 uh Team USA was terrible. And I guess that's why neither of those guys will be on here. Part of that. Even though one of these guys isn't active, he's still getting paid through June 30th this year. But no way. I'm going to say I'm not – no official guesses on that because I don't want to say their names. That would count against me. But I'm just going to say that. The 06 guys are not on there. Okay. Okay. There's a guy that I'm trying to think of that I can't remember if he's Canadian or American. But I might as well guess, not waste any more time. Who? Was Laleem Canadian or American? Who? Laleem. No, he Canadian. is not on this list. Okay. No, no. And also, I will tell you, too, because you said it's not them. Rick DiPietro is number 21 on this list, so no worries wow. there. Wow. Is he ahead or behind Babash? He's got to be ahead. Yeah, he is ahead. Saber oh, my God. Okay. Guess how many career wins Robert Ash had? 69? 78. Not a lot. Lost his last game. Hmm. Remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, I folks, do. Folks, remember that? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll do a thing of some active guys here. So, hmm. Well, Miller counts, right? So, like, I already guessed Miller. Yeah, Miller's good. So, you're fine on yeah. that. Uh, is Martin Jones American? I don't know, but he's not on this list, no. Oh, man. It's too bad. Darn. Boy, is Ben Bishop American? Ben Bishop is number 10 at 222 wins. Wow. Has he ever been on an Olympic team? No, I don't believe he has. And actually, I'll tell you this also. Of the guys on this list, he has the highest career save percentage in the top 15. What? Yeah. He has a career 921 save percentage. The next. What? Yeah. That is absurd. Oh, yeah. Man, okay. Let me know when you want. All right, so there's two guys that, uh, as a hint, could be classified as being assholes or being called assholes at some point in their career or post-career. Well, okay. Is Ron Hextall American? Um, no. <laughs> I have no idea. No. Uh, yeah, this I'm pretty sure one dude said some, um, Oh, Tim Thomas, Tim Thomas is one of the oh. two. Yes. He's number 11 with 214 wins. And he actually is number two in terms of the save percentage. He on the, in the top 15, he has a 920 career save percentage. The other guy who I'm talking about here had played for a handful of teams, but I believe he came under fire because he said something. I just want to make sure I get this correctly before I say it. Um, yeah, he had a racial incident actually. In a post-playing career. Oh. Number two. Van Beesbrook? John Van Beesbrook. That is correct. Number yeah, two. Florida Panthers legend. He was number two? So he has more 374. wins 374. He has five wow. more wins than Tom Barrasso. 
Wow. There's a couple of guys on here who I know you're not going to get, but there's actually, there's, I would say probably three guys on here that I know you won't, that I, I'd be very surprised if you got. Is Billy Smith American? I don't know, but he's not on this list. No, he's not American then. See, I wonder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he would not be. No. Hmm. Let me know well, if you want more hints. So wait, is there any more active guys? Yeah, there's one active guy that's sticking one out. One active you know? guy. Okay. He's it's very through. random that he's on this list. Very random. He's number six. Number and, six, and he's random. Yep. Okay, so I'm trying to go through right now. He's old right now. He's still playing. Played for a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to tell you that. No, one. no, don't tell me okay. that. Okay. okay. I'm trying to trying to go through my head real quick. The uh, the guys that are doesn't have hair. He doesn't have hair. He's a bald man. He no. Yeah. It can't be Craig Anderson. It is Craig Anderson. Is number six with two hundred and ninety career wins. Bald thing. I kind of gave it away. Yeah. Well. He. Uh, wow. Crazy. Anderson. Yep. So you have four to go. Three of which, again, I would be very surprised if you got one of one of them. I how think many guesses do I have left? I stopped keeping track, so why don't we just call it four? All right, four more guesses. I definitely don't have four more guesses. I'll, no. I'll give you like, let's see, throw out some names here. Do you just think of some, the, like, if you could think of any random names of guys. I could tell you they're playing teams of the random ones, too, in their time that they played. Oh, let me try to get the not random one first. Throw one guess out there for him. Let <laughs> me know if you want a hint. No, nah, I, should, I should try this one without a hint. Hmm. It, it could be an interesting hint. Okay, what's the hint? He was drafted in an expansion draft in 1993 by a new NHL team that was the basis of a Disney movie. I don't know who the Ducks took in an expansion draft. <laughs> he was like their he was their goalie when they first started like he was the guy he's pretty well known he does not have a you wouldn't think given his name that he's uh he's american but he indeed is wow he played from 1991 1992 to 2000 to 2001 huh so i was around he only had one season of more than 30 wins how is he on this list because uh, he got a bunch of 21 seasons and he does not have that many wins altogether. He only has 191. Uh, I don't know who it is. <laughs> Guy Herbert. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I guess what you're saying that he was, yeah, I never would have guessed he was American. Yep. 191. Do you want me to just tell you the other ones? Cause they're pretty ridiculous. Or you're just telling me what teams they're on. Sure. Okay. Number 14 we'll go to. Um, he played in the eighties and the nineties started off with the Minnesota North stars play with the Bruins for a season and then finish his career with the St. Louis Blues. Pass. John Casey. Cool. Good for him. Great for him. Oh yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, played into the seventies and eighties with the Islanders actually through the seventies up until 80, 81. And then he went to the Colorado Rockies who then became the New Jersey Devils and finished his career with the Philadelphia Flyers. And he had a total of 231 wins in his career. No idea. Glenn Resch, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. Number nine. And then finally, number seven. 
He played from 1939 with the Boston Bruins, 1938-39 with the Boston Bruins, to uh, up until 1948-49, and then played the 1949-1950 season with the Chicago Blackhawks, two-word Blackhawks, too, I'll say, um, just to give you an idea how long ago that is. And, uh, yeah, he's he's got a real old man first name. Old man first name, huh? I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Shares it with the big hurt. Frank. Frank Mahavlich. <laughs> Not a goalie. Frank Brimzik. Good for him. Yep. He's number seven. Congratulations, Taylor. You did pretty damn well. Eh, it was okay. Well. So we, we did this Hall of Fame thing like two weeks ago, funny enough. If you remember this? We did? Yeah. Uh, Ryan Miller, topic of discussion then. Mm-hmm. I, so I don't think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. But I think you're wrong. I don't think he's going to make the Hall of Fame right away. Probably, I would agree with that. I so my thing that's my thing with it. I think the more I think about it, the more I think he could be like a Rocky Vacone type. Hopefully, not that long. Mm-hmm. But I think he'll not, get in by like his like third crack or something. Really? I think third or fourth, he could. Maybe wins gets gets him in, but and it depends on who else goes in at the time with him too, because it could be you know, who else is up for consideration at the time? Because if you're doing something comparatively, you know, you never know. That could help his case too. Yeah. Not a lot of goalies get in though. No, I know. I know. Again, I just think being the the winningest born U.S. goalie and one of 30 goalies all time to have over 300 wins. I mean, that's pretty standout. Plus he has an Olympic MVP. He's got a silver medal. He doesn't have a cup, of course, but he has a Vesna. Who is a, who'd you say was second? On the list? Yeah. John Van Beesbrook. Is he in the Hall of Fame? I don't know, but Mike Richter is, isn't he? I I mean, yeah, probably. I don't so know if he is. That's a starting goalie on the only cup the Rangers have won since before World War II started. <laughs> Let's see if he is in the... Because um... I don't think Barrasso is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't think he is either, and I don't know if... Van Beesbrook is. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that he is actually. Awards and honors. Yeah, no. Well, you know that's all right. Are there any American goalies in the whole thing? Richter, right? Is uh, Richter in there? Maybe. I would think. Damn, is Tom Barrasso also really not? That's kind of surprising. That's interesting. Let's see. This is, this is great content right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom Barrasso. I don't think he is yet, actually. Yeah. Yet? I mean, he's been retired for like 20 years. Well, for, well I'm just saying, I, I'm looking at the first thing that came up when I searched it was articles about if he deserves to be in. Richter's in. Richter is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Very interesting. We will see. First and foremost, let's get this dude in the Sabres Hall of Fame and get his number in the rafters. Yeah, do do, how hard would it be to just start the Sabres Hall of Fame again? And not probably a phone call to be like, hey, can you start this to somebody? And they'd be like, yeah, for sure. Who wouldn't want to do that? It would probably what, like a member of the media or something like that to kind of, or maybe an alumni or whatever. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's anyone. a coalition of a few people. But they had, they had one. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be this so, like crazy thing. Just get somebody to do it. And it's just, I mean, this goes towards the, the the greater conversation that we've had so many times about the Pagoulas, where it's 
asking them to do the bare minimum on things. It's, it's like pulling teeth. It should not be this hard to have a team hall of fame be active. You, you are in the midst of a, a soon to be 10 year playoff drought. You need to be going above and beyond and doing absolutely everything you can to try and appease fans. And an easy way to do this is to bring back the hall of fame, play on our nostalgia a little bit and give us something to be happy about for once in this godforsaken decade of hell that we've been living in absolutely also put mcadoo in the rafters Ooh, i like put mcadoo in the rafters and take the sponsor banners down yeah i think more important than any talk of removing anybody we need to get those banners out of the, the rafters because it is embarrassing it is so embarrassing it looks really stupid it's so dumb yeah it's just taking up space unnecessarily it provides nothing it does nothing for me and i get it like oh it's cool. like for like the the selling point of it but like have some goddamn self-respect bad have a braves night you have an mvp that played here a hall of famer eventually a champion all you would have and you could do like a redesign where you can have like their warm-up jerseys they use where you could do like black and orange or like the baby blue and and navy blue color like where you yeah. can kind of play off of that i mean that would be so cool absolutely stop boohooing about not making any money when there's so many things you yeah. can do to make money Bond, start selling start year. selling like more jerseys in the arena too like in the uh in the saber store they only sell them either like the old royals or like the newer ones start selling some of the black and red jerseys i mean that stuff was flying off the shelves the past two seasons as it once they were well last year was when they first reintroduced all of that but people couldn't get enough of it myself included i will buy a bunch of shit if you just make it available yeah. And a lot of people will feel that way too. If you mean to tell me that I couldn't like that, if I could get like an updated like goat head Jersey or a red butter knives Jersey, I would a million percent do that. No thought, no doubt about it. And then it opens up the opportunity too. If you want to have people can get them customized and get active players like on the team and get their names on it. I mean, there are totally, and, and for how expensive jerseys are too, and just merch in general. There, there's so many opportunities out there and it's like you can't boohoo about not having money when you have opportunities to make money that you're just deliberately ignoring true well i miss you ryan it was it was good as we go on, we remember We're, we have lighters lit right now you just can't see it that's right absolutely <laughs> really getting into there is a video of this but you can't it's actually illegal you, for us you won't yeah we're going to get a D- DCMA takedown. Several lawyers involved. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, do you have a recommendation for the people? Um, I recommend watching an old 2006 or 2007 Sabres game and watching Ryan Miller and all of his glory. There's a bunch of them up on YouTube. You could watch some of the old playoff games on there. I would recommend watching one of those for a nice little dose of nostalgia to make us feel better about this miserable shit team that we have to follow now. Also, like there, we didn't even get really to talk about anything with like active stuff. But damn, they cannot catch a break. UPL being hurt now. Yep. Who's is Michael Hauser coming back? Because he can get the backup. Probably now? gonna have to. My dude Tokarski. Mm, DT. Good for him. Big Tokarski guy. What's your recommendation? So I just went to the movies today for the first time in fourteen months. Wow, it felt great. Hadn't been to the movie since the first week of March 2020, mm-hmm. where I saw The Invisible Man, fantastic. But I saw a scream for one of my good friend's birthday today, 
at Flix. A good pal of mine. A good pal? Yeah, his name's Quinn Danahy. No. Oh. Turned 27. Brendan might know him. Also, blood relative, too. Blood brothers. Yes, exactly. And we... Quinn was great, yeah. Taylor's cousin Quinn. Him and I were uh, college roommates with each other. Heck of a, a baseball player, but an even better dude. Yeah, uh, Brendan went to school with him for like 20 straight years, probably? Yeah, we did. We started going to school together in kindergarten and all the way through elementary school, all of high school, and then all of college together. Yeah, he's one of only... Oh God, I maybe a couple, one or two other people who I could say that about that I did that all the way through. But uh, yeah, great fella. Happy birthday, Quinn. Yeah, absolutely. So Scream is my recommendation. I don't think you've ever recommended Scream on here yet, even though it might be my favorite movie. Fantastic stuff. I could talk about Scream all day. Revitalize the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Brendan, you know, in 1995, only two horror movies were released in theaters. Really? The rest of them were all direct to video. Wow. Yeah. It was it was a moribund genre. And then Scream happened. My dude Wes Craven, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Made a, a smart and self-aware horror movie that was funny with you know young actors and people that talked and act like it was the 90s, extremely 90s. Mm-hmm. And then that became a thing for a little while. It's a classic flick. Yeah. I think it's it's just a it's just a good time all the way around. There's so much to it. Very Great nice. performances too. Matthew Lillard, Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. Love Matthew Lillard. He's great. I I enjoy that he's kind of like every once in a while, he's like the new Twitter flavor of the month where people will talk about one of his old performances and and give him a lot of love because he deserves it. He just seems like a good dude, a lot of range in his his acting. I mean, nothing will top his performance in Scooby-Doo or uh, Scooby-Doo, the sequel movie, but um, yeah, love Matthew Lillard. We should get him on the pod sometime. I know he's a big Sabres fan. Oh, yeah, let's yeah, get him. Huge. So how weird is it with that Scooby-Doo movie that, because that was, at the time, that was a lot of famous people in that mm-hmm. movie, that the person who ended up having the best career after that movie is Linda Cardellini. <laughs> yeah, Because she was probably, like, the fourth most famous person at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, Freddie Prince Jr. was huge. Sarah Michelle Gellar, my God. Huge, yeah. Uh. Freddie Matthew Prince Willis. had a pretty like low key good like rest of his career though. Yeah. I just say that because he was great because he uh you know was in Star Wars. So we've talked about this. That Freddie Prince Jr. You didn't know this. Freddie Prince Jr. was which Star Wars? He's in the. I mean, he voices the like, the main character. Uh, one of the main characters in Star Wars Rebels, the animated show. Oh. He's a Jedi. Yeah. There's a great. Oh, Taylor, I gotta send this to you where he's on like a radio show. This is only like a few years ago, and he is just ripping on the toxic, overly online Star Wars fans. And it is so cool to hear. So love Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, Kanan Jarrus. He's a Jedi Knight in Star Wars Rebels, and uh, he's pretty badass, and Freddie Prince Jr. crushes it. So Freddie Prince Jr. is a Jedi, is what I'm getting at. Wild. Much respect. Much respect. What's your favorite Linda Cardellini performance? She's also a person that pops up on Twitter every once in a while. People of those like four panel photos that are like, uh, they always understood the assignment, that thing. I don't really mm-hmm. get that. I mean, well, what's I, your, I, I don't know. That's a, I mean, she's great in like everything though too. Like she. She's great in Dead to Me TV show. The first season. Is it any good? Yeah. First season. Christina Applegate, right? Yeah. Second season sucks. She but, was in Freaks and Geeks too, right? That was that was her like start to her career, right? Pretty much, yeah. She was in The Curse of La Llorona, which is a Conjuring adjacent movie that is terrible. Mm. Oh, she's also Clint Barton's wife in the Avengers movies. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. is. 
<laughs> yep, yep, yep. It's just, that's only Ultron, though, right? Is she in the other movies? Yeah, she's in Endgame. Oh, she is in Endgame. She yeah. disappears. Oh, yeah. And she's Spoiler in... Spoiler alert, everyone. Wow. She gets snapped out of existence. Taylor, it's been two years. What the hell, man? What if people haven't seen it yet? Sorry. Go Can to hell. About... I know one saw it. It made like $4 billion. I know. I'm just. It bothers me so much that I feel like there's no clear lines drawn in movies or TV shows with when it is okay to talk about spoilers for lack of a better way of putting it i feel like there's a weird line there where it really bothered like i'm very respectful of it like with recent tv shows that have been coming out whether it's like the mandalorian either of the marvel shows with like wandavision or falcon and the winter soldier i always try and wait a few days like pretty much they come out on friday i'll try and wait until like monday or tuesday if i'm gonna like talk about it or anything like that but it bothers me that i've seen people like complain about that it's like that's if you're putting off like watching something you can't complain about people who want to talk about it when it's, it's happening yeah. in the moment like it's with a game of thrones thing. like game of yeah. thrones I, it was like different because that would like air live and everybody would watch it at the same time yeah but like it's the similar you know premise so basically people so I, there's some like obvious ones that you shouldn't do like the sean mccoy one yeah that was bad, bad move but like in general it's people saying like no one on the internet is allowed to talk about this thing until I've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's a, an absurdly self-centered complaint that people have. Yeah. Don't so, like it. Yeah. Who's your random Sabres player? I think we both have the same one today. He's not random at all. It's Ryan. Miller. It is Ryan goddamn Miller. Any last thoughts to share with, uh, with the people before we sign off before our Thursday episode? No. Beautifully put. Well, everybody, this has been another episode of Straight Up Savers, once again presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. The Hockey Podcast Network, 31 teams, 31 shows, plus a bunch of other great content. And make sure you're checking out Buffalo Fanatics as well with the draft now in the rearview mirror. We're looking ahead to more of the offseason programming that's going to be coming up for the Bills, gearing up for next season. And so Buffalo Fanatics is a great place to get all the Bills coverage that you're looking for. You can find both the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, your streaming platform platform of choice and their own respective websites as well in this episode and all of our episodes for the rest of the season and this has been the case for a while are also brought to you by DraftKings. so make sure you're going and using DraftKings and you're using our promo code thpn to take advantage of some great deals you don't have to just bet on hockey you could bet on a ton of sports and if you are a new york state resident like us uh it's mainly for daily fantasy sports but there's tons of great opportunities there so again use our promo code thpn to take advantage of some awesome deals and then make sure you're also checking us out on social media as well our personal profiles you can find taylor on twitter at nigrelli 93 you can find me on twitter at brendan 1423 or you could just go to our own straight up savers twitter account which is at straight savers our apps are in the bio there and then we are also on facebook and instagram at straight up sabers once again everybody we will be back with our thursday episode coming up this week as the season is winding down and there are only a few games left so make sure you tune in then we'll talk to you on thursday everybody have a great week this has been straight up sabers